Welcome to the gap. This is gap. They should have never gave you platform. I'm uh did was that convincing? Like I'm working on like, you know, my my wrestler theme music. Remember D Lo Brown? <laughs> and remember he had the bow, 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 bow. Is it No, it's not Kamehameha. I need Bruh. If y'all artists out there, man, I need a like a wrestling theme music song. Come out like a wrestler. Whoa! <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. My bad. What's good with y'all out there? This is another episode of The Gap. I'm your lovely or hated host, Kamal, a.k.a. The Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic X. Hey, I got the best audience out there, so y'all know what y'all should be doing, right? Well, what you waiting for? Do it then! Give yourself a round of applause, okay? If they watching, least they learning. Yeah. I appreciate all y'all. From the ugly to the beautiful to the in-betweeners. And good Lord, it's a lot of in-betweeners out there. Jeez Louise. Wow. Hey, for my tubers, though, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming. But just like the rest of the tubers say, I'm going to say the same thing. Like a sub. Sub a share. Share a comment. Comment a like. Y'all know what to do? Most of y'all smart out there, you feel me? For my potters, though, I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iHeartRadio. 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 Across all those platforms, all you got to do is type in either The Gab or Kamal Johnson ENT. Bam, and I'll pop right up. Hey, you know who else I appreciate, though? You feel me? My sponsor, First Place Losers. The link to the shop going to be in the description below. Y'all go check out the fire-ass garments made out of 100% African cotton. I guarantee a Boucho sex appeal by 91%. And look here. If it look good on me. It's going to look good on your in-between ass, okay? All right, enough with the long intro. Let's hop right into it. In today's topic, we got to talk about um the hypocrisy of media and journalism. Yes, there's been a lot of that going on around here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially towards black people. Especially black men. And... White men, it's a big hypocrisy how the media and the journalisms, how they cover things lately. I know it's always been like that, but it's like apparent now. They just kind of slapping you in the damn face with it. They're like, booyah, hypocrisy, bam. I'm like, bruh, what the hell is going on? Damn. And I know some of y'all out there like, Hypocrisy? What is that? Is that a new animal? No. What? Hypocrisy. Hypocrite. Actually, you really think about it though. 
Hypocrisy and hypocrite could sound like a monster. What? Oh my god, hypocrite is over here! Yeah, hypocrite, don't it sound disgusting? Like, like a monster with claws. Long ass claws. Like a cousin of a werewolf. Hypocrisy. Hypocrite. Now, but what I'm meaning by this is the, the, the coverage and the hypocrisy of coverage would become the media. I mean, social media, you could put it down there too because it is media. You feel me? Journalism. And the cases that I've seen lately is like the Kyrie Irving. How the coverage of how they're doing with Kyrie Irving. And even, yes, this motherfucker, he's getting on my goddamn nerves. I'm, black people, can we trade Kanye West? We got to trade, bro, bro. I'm sorry. We got to get him out of here. It's, it's, he, he doing too damn much. We been cut him off, but now we need to trade him. Who can we trade him for? Hmm. Man, who's out there that's a race that's cold and trying to oh, I can't think of I can't think of nobody right now. Maybe a Rosie Perez. What's up? Can we trade Kanye for Rosie Perez? <laughs> ah, come on. But even the coverage of Kanye West compared to let's take some white men, for example. Uh Brett Favre. You see the hypocrisy of coverage and journalism in the media? And I ain't just talking about mainstream media where it's like, you know, CNN, Fox News, CBS, all that. We know they hypocrisy like a mug, you feel me? But it's it's trickling into, like, the sports media when it comes to, like, you know, inside of TNT, uh, certain football sports media, certain uh, ESPN shows. You know, that type of journalism and media and how the coverage of, like, the Kyrie Irving and the Brett Favre and even the Jerry Jones. And you know who spoke out about the hypocrisy of media and journalism? Yes, LeBron James. He's bringing this to light. I'm bringing this to light. And he basically was saying, the coverage of Kyrie Irving, y'all ask me a thousand and one questions, but when it comes to Jerry Jones, it's quieter than a church mouse. Jesus Christ. Hmm. I know some of y'all like quieter than a church mouse. What the what the hell are you talking about, bruh? <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah, but it's hypocrisy because it's like, you know, uh the coverage when it comes to these black men. It's so spotlight. They on their neck. They asking everybody and their damn mama about what do you feel about this when it comes to the Kyrie Irving and even you know Kanye. Kanye doing this. He's stupid. He's an idiot. I'm sorry. He's a musical genius. Let's get it straight. He's a musical genius, but he's an everyday life idiot at this point. Like, and I hate that I gotta call this, call him an idiot and stuff like that. But he's just doing just outlandish bull stuff and like let's be real he be cooted but Kyrie Irving is like there's so much is like question 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 how do you feel oh spotlight oh they did wrong they did this they did that they did this they did this they did this they did this beat you over the damn head when it comes to the Brett Favre and Jerry Jones seems like the media done got a little silent journalism they forgot to write down some shit 
They forgot to write down some questions. Hell, they lost their pen. They weren't even able to write down anything. They lost it. Lost their pen and pad. Hmm. Very silent, huh? That picture with Jerry Jones where, you know, they were blocking some black kids from going into the school. Uh, it's a little bit silent when it comes to the journalism of that, right? The media coverage of that it gets a little silent, huh? Hmm. Man, if it ain't for, like, social media, like, you know, YouTube, and we have our black news outlets. Or we have our outlets on social media, like black Twitter and stuff like that. Should be very silent. And like, this has been going on for freaking years. And us as black people, we starting to change that narrative a little bit. Because we having these outlets. We having these things where we could talk about this. And talk about the hypocrisy of media and journalism. You feel me? Hell, at this point, I mean, you could call me a journalist if you want. What? Yeah. Episode 100 of The Gab. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get my goddamn self a damn hand clap. I'll never give myself a hand clap. Yeah. Episode 100. Boo yow. Yeah. But I see the hypocrisy of this in the media and the, uh, journalism where if it's any type of wrongdoing of white people, specifically white males, it gets swept under the rug or the mainstream media and stuff like that. They try to make it where it seemed like it didn't exist. And they be always trying to bring up the good deeds, the good what they're doing. And also I see the hypocrisy of media and journalism in a, in a sense, in like sports media in a sense where, where we ask black people, especially black men, and it's so gun-ho to tear down the black men in their spew, in their opinion, but for most of them, now the key word I said most, when it's time to give that same energy to these white men, it's silent as hell. Or I saw, oh, well, you know, it was like a long time ago, you feel me? And at, at that point, you know, he done did so many things for, for, for us, you feel me? And like, he a good man. And the, not when it comes to the black man. It's like, oh, that motherfucker knew. I dare him. El Stupido! What? You idiot! Oh my god! Stephen A. Snoop I can't believe the litigated gold! Kyrie Irving to send the link of Hebrews and Negroes! Does he even know how to spell Negro? What? Uh, now, Jerry Jones. Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Uh, that, that, now, he a good man. He a good man. You know, he a coach of the Cowboys. You know, he he done did good things. That photo was so long ago. When that did I see? Did I see white Jesus in that photo? You know how long that was ago, people. See the hypocrisy of media, man. It's exactly like that. That's what I'm talking about. The hypocrisy of journalism and media. All fascism media. You got like, you know, this Tucker Carlson ass, freaking crocodile face boy ass nigga. Like, in him, like, bro, the way he covered the Kyrie stuff or whatever. Talking down about this black man. But when it came to Brett Favre, I didn't hear a word from Brett Brett. Not a peep. I don't know y'all wondering, like, how the hell you know he on Fox News? God 
Damn it. I got the Fox News app. I go through them stories. I be reading them, bruh. You got to read what the enemy doing? <laughs> yeah. Hypocrisy. It's bull malarkey. And some of y'all out there, some, some of our white brethren, y'all probably out there and be seeing the hypocrisy in this media and stuff like that. My bad. Brethren and brethrenettes. What? White women out there seeing the shit too. Yeah. This shit is bull malarkey. How they cover us as black people compared to how they cover white people. Yeah. Hypocrisy like a mug, man. Media, man. Journalism. Sheesh. I just I just wanted to shed this to light because I'm seeing it's always been like that, but it seems like it's exacerbated. Like it is just rampant now and just on flames when it comes to this. You feel me? And one of our bigger athletes even brought this to the table and was like, yo, seen the hypocrisy of this, you feel me? So, you know my sources, life, history, social media, media, uh, you know, I read articles, Wall Street Journal, you feel me? Fox, CNN, uh, you know, Complex, everything, bro, I'm seeing it. I'm just, this is what I'm seeing, okay? Hypocrisy of media and journalism, bro. Gotta stop, bro. Because it's unethical. They always complain about how unethical that is and doing that. As they do it. Hmm. Alright, enough of the hypocrisy. Alright, we about to get into this segment right here. Ooh-wee! We about to get into the SAF segment. And today, I gotta talk about Rush Hour 2 on Netflix. Yes, I watched Rush Hour 1, and I reviewed it uh earlier, like one of my earlier episodes. You feel me? But today, we gonna do Rush Hour 2. And you wanna know something? I personally thought this movie was good. It's nostalgia again. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I remember some of this. I personally didn't think I was going to remember some of the stuff because the last time I watched Rush Hour 2 had to be maybe 2010. Yeah, like 2010. Yeah, that was the last time I watched it. But I, I remember some. I was like, oh, yeah, man, I remember Ricky Tan. Okay. Damn. Which was played by John Lone. You feel me? Ricky Tang, you feel me? But before I get into the cast, let me hit you with the stats first, you know, because I'm a stat teacher out here. Uh, IMDb. Bruh. I'm going to kick your ass one day. Jesus Christ. You gave this movie a 6.6? And Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I'm going to put my foot in your ass too. What? You gave it a 51%. I dare you motherfuckers. Okay, as the people gave it a 91%. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so frick the people, but you, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to be beating in y'all ass one day. Y'all give, I notice we have a lot of opposite scores. Hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. All right, the cast, I mean, I said it in Rush Hour 1, a lot of cast kind of the same. So we had Chris Tucker, he was Carter. Jackie Chan, he was Lee. Then they had a new character, Rosalind Sanchez. 
She was Isabella Molina. She was the love interest of Lee. Possibly caught her. Nah, more of Lee. <laughs> then you had Zung Zai Z. She was Hun Lai. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Ricky Tan, which was played by John Lowe. You feel me? They had other characters. They had uh they had Don Cheeto in this movie. And he was, um, I forget his character name, but he was, I mean, and I don't know if this movie could come out now, because I can see, like, yeah, there's a lot of appropriations of culture, from Asian culture, the black culture, a lot of, would that be considered appropriation or showing their appreciation? Hmm, I don't know. But they had Don Cheeto in this damn Chinese-ass damn suit, and Burroughs, like, karate or kung fu and shit and he had a little battle with lee and then they became like cool because his master was the cousin of his master i don't even like saying master damn that sounds just oh that just sounds disgusting kung fu coach we gonna call it that am i soft now because i didn't say karate master oh my god jeez I'm not too progressive. Ah. <laughs> All right, man. So essentially, this was an action comedy. To me, this was nostalgia. I, I, I haven't watched Rush Hour 3, though. I'm going to do that next. I never watched that movie. I didn't even know it exists. And it does exist. So, But Rush Hour 2, I remember watching this. This came out in 01. Let's, uh, I like to give y'all like the... Uh, the director and the budget. The director is Brett Ratner. Okay. This shit boxed off is 300 and basically 50 million. Jesus. Wow. But what was the budget though? So the budget was 90 million. Holy Harriet. Wow. They boxed in a whole lot. That's incredible. Kudos to that, man. Let's give a goddamn hand clap for that. Wow. Incredible. So, essentially, the plot of this movie was kind of like the inverse of Rush Hour. Essentially. Like, that's the the plot. That's the gist plot. Like, the simple, you know, plot. Inverse. They were in, instead of them being in America and L.A., they were in Hong Kong. And basically, they were supposed to be on vacation. And Lee was working a case. Basically, Lee kept working the damn a damn case. You feel me? And Carter was like, I'm supposed to be on vacation, bro. You acting like me right now. Like, I, what the hell, Lee? And Lee is a workaholic. And it was like spewing into their friendship. And they arguing and all types of shit. And what happened, though, it shows that uh, uh, Hun Lee... She planted a bomb in a U.S. embassy, which killed two U.S. Uh, people. Actually, they tried to cover it up and say they were like just U.S. tourists, but they were actually U.S. Um, CIA agents or spies. I don't know. They worked for the government or whatever, and that bomb killed them. And the main honcho was Ricky Tan, but Ricky Tan used to work with Lee Dad and ended up uh killing lee dad but they couldn't they couldn't prove the case so this was the the one case that lee wanted to avenge for his dad and his dad death and at first carter wasn't with it until lee told him that and carter dad died 
in the line of duty also, and you learned that in Rush Hour 1. And what essentially happened is then they wanted to crack the case to avenge Lee Father. They were in Hong Kong. It was a lot of... Uh, <laughs> these jokes were funny to me, but I could see how people now would be like, yo, bruh, what the hell? Yeah, like, one thing was... Uh, he hit, like, it was a fight scene, and he punched uh, Lee in the damn face. And Lee was like, what you hit me? And, and Carter was like, y'all look alike. And it was like, oh, God. <laughs> what? And then, like, <laughs> and then Lee was driving and Carter touched his radio. You know, this y'all play off the first one. But Lee t uh, Carter touched his radio. And Lee was like, you don't never touch an Asian man radio. And Carter was like, what you talking about? What? And it, like, it was like, you'll never stop. And Carter was like, you never stop a black man at a buffet. And he was talking about, because, you know, the whole running joke is that massage parlors, they give you happy ending splooge. And <laughs> they went in a massage parlor, and it was nothing but hella Asian women ready to get Carter that nice massage. And it was hella people in that massage. And somehow, Ricky Tan... Came into a massage and Lee was telling Carter like, yo, chill, do not do nothing right now. And then Carter, being the only black dude there, he was like 6263. And another running joke is Asian people short. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he went over there trying to punk Ricky Tan and Ricky Tan was just chilling. And then at one moment, Ricky Tan was like, I'm about to leave. And then Carlos, you ain't going nowhere. And then the whole goddamn parlor stood up. It was like 30 motherfuckers. And Carlos like, oh my God, my bad. <laughs> Ricky Tan left. And that's when they got into that fighting scene and one punch. And Carter said to Lee, y'all look alike. Uh, okay, some of these jokes are bad, okay? <laughs> they weren't that good. <laughs> some of these jokes are freaking terrible. I'm like, damn, bruh. But some of these jokes are freaking hilarious. And some of the the like context of things was hilarious, man. Like, I thought the whole Don Cheeto thing and bro start talking like uh uh Chinese, the Lee, and they making fun of Carter and they had their little kung fu moment. I thought that was funny, you feel me? But they'll get in the play, and then this one Isabella Molina character come in, they see her, Carter and Lee, and they like, God damn. Fine Latina, Jesus Christ. They didn't know she was working the case. So she's like a a, a like a um some CIA agent or whatever, and she working the case and she linked up with the Ricky Tan and uh Hu Lao character. Oh, and yeah, like you like you guessed it, like in number one, there's a rich white man behind the crime of it all. Oh played by Alan King. He was Stephen Rain. And Stephen Ray was this billionaire, uh, basically real estate um, person. He has a bunch of hotels that he uh, did real estate, but he is involved in a life of crime. And what they were essentially trying to do, they were trying to launder 100 mil. And just think, an 0100 mil is hella money. They were trying to launder 100 mil through this damn Vegas casino called the Red Dragon. And the only way you could tell that this money was fake is when you burn it. 
Cause when you burn it, it turns red instead of blue or black. When you, you burn money, to, I guess it's supposed to turn black, but this turned red. So that was the whole crime. So money laundered is fake money that nobody could detect unless you burn it through a casino. Yeah. Pretty smart if you really ask me. That was smart. Damn, that was intelligent. Whew. But yeah, she running with them, trying to get them caught up. And then they figure out she working a case and she has them run on a wild goose chase at first. And then they figure out like, yo, you're bullshitting. And while they in the casino, like, then she sends Lee on some other quest to save her. I don't know, Blasey, Blasey. They fall in love. They, you know I mean? Get the kiss and all that at the end. Whatever. But Isabella and Hanlu. Hanlu don't like Isabella because, you know, culturally she's like, nah, I don't trust this, this Spanish uh, broad right here. I think she working for the people. Which she was right, you feel me? And then Hanlu, she was kind of badass, you feel me? Whooping ass. She was like the, the muscle, really. But what happened was Ricky Tan faked his death. So then he could eventually take over and uh, basically um, he was going to kill Stephen Rain or uh, yeah Stephen Rain at the end of the day because he knew he was crooked. So how you find out is like you find out Ricky Tan ain't dead through the casino incident and like they taped a bomb around Lee's mouth. He spit out bomb, blows up, distraction, everything, whatever. Um, then you see Stephen Rain trying to steal the plate. Because that's the only way you can make these counterfeit money is through these plates. And these plates are very valuable. So he was going to steal the plates and then counterfeit all the money on his own. Ricky Tan catch him. Pop his stupid ass. And then Lee and Ricky Tan had a little scuff or whatever. And Lee knocks that nigga off the goddamn, um, like a 50-story building in the casino or whatever. He lands a car dead. The Hanley character, she dies from um, Carter. Carter murks her ass, but he, you know, he all horn dogged out. He wanted to actually make love to her and not fight her. You feel me? Ooh la la. <laughs> but yeah, bro. Yeah. But then she died and they cracked the case. They figure out Stephen Rain and Ricky Tan and Hula. They all was in this case of money laundering through a casino of 100 mil. And they all happy, happy ending. Like, you know, Isabella Milena goes to New York back to her precinct and whatever. And Lee, uh, you know, gets to kiss or whatever. And Carter's like, I see you, sly devil. And they all friends and buddied up and stuff like that. And essentially, this is where Rush Hour 3 comes in. And he was like, Lee was like, I always wanted to go to New York. And Carter's like, let's go. Shit, I'll take another vacation because this what wasn't a vacation. You feel me? And they're going to New York. Why? I'm assuming that he's going to chase Isabella Molina, his love interest. Like, why else would he go to New York? There's no freaking reason why. But somehow, I guess in Rush Hour 3, is going to be a case. And I don't know. I ain't never seen it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the end. Finito. Goodbye. And then they show, like, the end where, like, yo, Jackie Chan always a, I don't want no trouble-ass motherfucker, but always end up in trouble and whooping ass. And the one cold thing about Jackie Chan, he did all his own stunts. And I think in Rush Hour 2, he f***ed his ankle up on this one jump. It was a jump he did. I think that that, that was prominent about this movie. Like, oh, he, uh, Jackie Chan f***ed his ankle up in this movie doing his own stunts and stuff. So you saw some of the stunts and you saw some of the bloopers at the end. Pretty funny. It, once again, like I said, this is a funny movie to me. It's nostalgia. 
some of the jokes are pretty bad. And like some of the jokes now, I could see how people would be like, oh my God. Uh, but I found it funny. This was hilarious. Once again, this is Rush Hour 2 on Netflix. Um, I thoroughly found this enjoyable to watch. This bring nostalgia in. It was uh, an hour and 30 minutes. It's not a long movie. It's not going to take most of your time. And at the end of the day, it had action. It had comedy. The storyline was pretty solid. And I actually liked the, the crime that they were doing. It was more, it's more suiting. You feel me? It, 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 this is understandable. I get it. It's like, okay, honey, you know, that's a lot. Water some money makes giggity, sense to a giggity, casino. Giggity, so, yeah, I like this. Rush Hour 2. Y'all can check it out. Y'all don't have to check it out. Whatever. Alright. Y'all know what time it is. It is meantime. Oh yeah, I got some juicy memes for y'all today. Uh-huh. Alright. So... He got this white dude. He had a show or whatever. And I cannot think of the show or the name of Bird. You see him right now, like, in the comments. If y'all know who this is, please let me know. Because I'm like, bro, I know I cannot put my goddamn finger on who this is. The name of, the name of Bird. So, but they have him and he's reading something and it says, Welcome to journalism. Where everything is made up. And the sources don't matter. Yeah, this is how journalism is now. Golly. <laughs> For real. Yeah, man. This is how journalism is, bruh. Sources made up, don't matter, as long as you entertain it. It's entertainingism now. It ain't journalism. It's entertainingism. <laughs> that a word? That shit don't even sound right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. He got Will Ferrell, he on the toilet, you know what I mean, with his phone, feel me? Y'all betting not lie. Y'all know y'all do this. I done did this from time to time. And it says, how 99% of social media lurking is done. I don't do this, but I know people who do. Gross. You know what? The bottom line, if y'all that people, y'all full of shit. Jesus right now. I know y'all be lurking on the toilet. What? Lurking on the toilet. Social media lurking. That's when you do your best lurking. Or thinking. Huh. 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 <laughs> oh, snap. All right. Got another meme. And it got a scene from um, Rush Hour 2 when um, Chris Tucker walked in the room. And it had, like, I think a Ricky Tan and it had the Hugh Lyle character and stuff like that. And he walked in, and they looked at him, and he was like, and it reads, I'm black and these. <laughs> oh, my God. Lordy, Lord. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny, though. This is a funny. When you seen the scene and how he came in, it was funny as hell. Black and these. Would I be considered black and these? I got part Asian in me, part Korean, and I'm black. Huh. Or is that not appropriate to say? Am I being too progressive? I don't know anyone. I don't know. Oh, oh the world has just gone so crazy. 
Is Chris Tucker really black knees? Jesus Christ. <sighs> is it safe to say that when he is in Hong Kong and his brother is Lee? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Alright, man. Enough with the meme time. Hey, man. I got the best audience out there, so y'all know what y'all should be doing, right? Look. Come on! Y'all better be giving yourself a round of applause. Come on, people. Yeah. If they watching, at least they learning. Hell yeah. I appreciate all y'all. From the ugly to the beautiful to the in-betweeners. And good Lord, there's a lot of in-betweeners out there. Jeez Louise. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. For my tubers, though. YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming. But just like the rest of the tubers say, I'm going to say the same thing. Like a share. Share a comment. Comment a like. Sub a share. Y'all know what to do? Most of y'all smart out there, you feel me? For my potters, though, I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I am on a Google Podcast. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Yeah. Across all those platforms. All you gotta do is type in the Gab or Kamar Johnson ENT. Bam! And I'll pop right up. And I gotta start saying this now too. Leave your boy a review and rate the pod. You feel me? If you wanna do it. Yeah. You feel me? Helps your boy out. Hmm. Ado. And on that note, this is another episode of The Gap. Episode 100, baby! Let's get it! Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah! I appreciate everybody that's coming along the journey with me. You feel me? Y'all much appreciated. The number's going up. Them comments going up. My Reddit family, I appreciate y'all. My social media family, I appreciate y'all. Numbers going up, you feel me? And we about to get the 200 in no time, you feel me? I'm your lovely or hated host, Kamal, a.k.a. the Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic X. With that being said, episode 100, I greatly appreciate the, the, the uh, people that support your boy. I appreciate y'all. Even the people that give pushback, at least stay on topic. That's all I ask for. But your opinions are greatly appreciated, even if they're hating as opinions. I appreciate them. I don't care. Even if you talk shit about me, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, th I find it funny. <laughs> but yeah, episode 100. Like I say, I appreciate y'all. And on that note, y'all have a good day, good evening, good whenever it is y'all consuming this content. Y'all have a good one of it. I I really do appreciate y'all, for real, though. And on that note, I'm out, y'all. Peace. Woo-woo, episode one, honey! Bro, say you black and ease. <laughs> wow! This was a game. This was a game.